Hey guys, welcome back to another edition to Supernatural Whispers, and I'm your host, Nicole Jasper, and I have an awesome guest waiting for us. He's uh, been on our show before, and uh, welcome. So, Frankie, before I lose my voice, um, please tell us what um, what you've been up to, and I know we were sharing your uh, you were sharing your uh, invite to talk. <laughs> Sorry, about your lectures and everything, but so I'm, I'm sure everybody's curious as much as I am to know more about what you do and everything. Well, yeah, um, I just I well I just came back from a, a tour, a lecture tour, in New Hampshire. Uh, it, it's always busy around this time of year. Um, this year it started early. It started in August, August and September. I do some events, but October, the month of October, I did sixteen lectures. And thrown in there, wow. I had my wife's uh, major uh, birthday, a big one, and uh, oh, two, two two weddings. Yeah, my wife um, had wow. a nice we had a nice big party for her and, and everything. So October is a blur right now, and I I told our team members, um, you know, the leaders of the, of the Warren Legacy Foundation, I said, look, don't uh, don't worry if you don't hear from me for a few weeks because. I'm just inundated with with commitments, uh, and and I absolutely love doing it. Uh, so I'm certainly not complaining, um, you know. But I do a lot of events at libraries, a lot of private events. There was one day where I did a library event in Connecticut, and then I drove two hours to do a private event the same afternoon in the early evening. So it gets pretty tiring. I think I left my house about. 10 10 30 in the morning for an afternoon lecture and uh i didn't get home till about midnight so it was a busy day uh but i you know i always say the two things that i love to do is i love to um help help people with their paranormal afflictions or or not what that's what we're here for to help people yeah i mean the warren legacy foundation foundation that we're both part of yeah yeah, and for for those of your year for me <laughs> for your listeners that may not know who I am, uh, uh, again, my name is Joe Frankie, and I am one of the Warrens uh, students or original students from the '80s. And That's awesome. uh, I I was asked by Ed and Lorraine to join them and and become one of their students back in 1986. And that was quite a long time ago. We're talking almost 38 years ago. And they basically took me under their wing and and taught me so, so much over the years. I spent an awful lot of time with them, uh, especially with Ed when he was alive, God rest his soul. Um, Taught me a lot. Uh, You know, I, I always tell my audiences, look, folks, I've been doing this a long time. I certainly don't profess to know everything. No one knows everything. I said, but I do know right, a thing. Still learning. Now, I'm still learning. Life is a is a learning experience, really. It's like you know, even Mrs. Warren um, had a sense that you were meant to do this in the field, right? Yes. Well, when I when I first met Ed and Lorraine Warren, my wife and I were just dating at the time. So this is how fa- how far back we go. Hmm. We've been together all this time. We met how do you Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, we we met Ed and Lorraine together. Um, Laurel, I give cool. her credit for it. She saw in a local newspaper that they were going to be lecturing uh, one town over from us, about ten minutes or so down the highway. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, instead of going to the movie, it was a Friday night." She's like, "Instead of going to the movies tonight, would you like to go and see Ed and Lorraine Warren?" Now I had mm-hmm. known who they were, and I have you know I had heard of them. Sorry, my light just fell down. Um, I, I probably have uh, ghosts here myself. Let me just. They're probably all around us right now. <laughs> oh, I have ghosts here all the time. Good ones. I um, had a few years. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they're just as curious about us as we are of them. So, oh yeah. When you do this kind of work, you're kind of, you know, trespassing into their, their world, and uh, they're curious as to why we're here and what we're doing and. Uh, you know, that's why I tell everyone, treat treat spirits as, you know, with the same respect you would as, as you know, a human being. Because, you know, they're ghosts or people too, kind of a thing. 
you know, so you want to be really respectful. So back to the story. So, yeah, I walked up to the table where Lorraine was sitting. And I remember she looked at me and she was looking at me with the kind of look on your face when you know somebody, but you can't picture where you know them from. And it was just this, you know, perplexed look like, you know, who is who is this guy? I know this guy. Well, I had never met her before, but she asked me, she says, honey, have we met before? And I said, no, Lorraine, I we've never met. I've heard a lot about you. I've seen you on television, heard you on the radio, read about you in newspapers and other print media articles. Back then, we didn't have the internet. The internet didn't exist back in 1986. And so she's like, there's a reason why you're here tonight. She goes, why don't you make sure you come and see Anna and I after the show? So I was really excited, had no idea what they wanted to talk to me about. And uh, so the show uh, went on. And, and after the show, we went across the street. There was a diner. And she was sitting across from me at the diner holding my hands. And she was reading my aura. Now, I didn't know that at the time until she explained to me what she was doing. She was reading my aura. And um, she said, honey, I can tell by your aura that you were meant to do this work. And then she said, would you like to come and work with Ed and I? And I'm like, absolutely. I mean, I I jumped at the chance. Uh, Again, I was 18 years old. Didn't know anything. Still don't know a heck of a lot more. But (laughs) uh, so and that's how it all started. And, um, you know, we. They would hold classes. They used to hold classes uh, in Newtown, Connecticut, in a little place called Holy Manor, which is uh, used to be a restaurant slash inn, I believe. It's still there. It's just called something else now. And um, is that my phone? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry for the interruption. It was actually one of one of my colleagues from Florida. Um, So no worries. (laughs) So during the classes, and this is where I think it's important to mention the folks that are interested in the history of the Warrens and and my history with them, is this is where I first learned about the uh, famous cases that, well, they're now famous, like Amityville and the the cases involving um, uh, the Conjuring movies. In other words, the cases that the Conjuring movies are based on. The Rhode Island Farmhouse, the Enfield Poltergeist, the Brookfield, Connecticut case, which that where that started is only maybe 30 minutes from where I live. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Meriden haunting, uh, which is known as the haunting in Connecticut. Uh, I said Meriden. I apologize. It's Southington. That's a dark case, too. Yeah. There's a book called In a a Dark Place written about it. Mm -hmm. And um, that house is actually 15 minutes from where I live. And I remember Ed uh, saying to me, because I, I lived here at the time where I live here in, in Connecticut. And I remember Ed saying to me, he's like, hey, kid. And he always called me kid. He's like, hey, kid. He goes, I got a case right up right up where you live. He goes, but you're not ready for it. Because this case came out, uh, I think it was 1986 to 1988. So I was just starting with the Warrens. and I was still in middle school. <laughs> yeah, well, you're just a baby. <laughs> um so, well, that's that's a testament to how long I've been doing this. So I was not yeah. directly involved with that case, but I could tell you who was. Uh, Chris McKinnell, our uh, our director of the Warren Legacy Foundation. Oh, speaking of Chris, he'll be at our show next week. Oh, good, good. I'll have He's to listen in. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah Chris, Chris and uh, John Zaffis were um, the the lead investigators for the Warrens on that case. So again, at the time, it wasn't the this big haunting. It was just a regular, you know, poltergeist haunted house kind of a thing, and it it turned pretty ugly. Uh, so I wasn't directly involved, but through Chris and John, I've got you know inside knowledge of the case, and I do lecture about it. Uh, I did I did throw it in my lecture this year for people, especially around here in Connecticut, where I do a lot of events. People want to hear about local stuff. I mean, they're interested in right. other cases I've worked on out of state, but I was just going to ask that too. Like, whatever your lectures are from, based from your experiences or from your cases. Good question. Well, or a little bit of everything. it's everything, pretty much. It's cumulative over the last forty years of my life. Uh, I've I've worked on many many cases. I, I would I couldn't even count. Um, but the the lecturing <laughs> that I do is. Um, 
based on some of the more famous cases by the Warrens. Some of them I was involved in, some of them I was not. It was before my time, like Amityville and Annabelle. You know, when, when uh, Annabelle story happened around 1970, I was only two years old, you know. Um, and Amityville was, I believe, 1975. I was about seven years old. So, um, but those cases were real cases. And I know in the media and on television, you know, you get a lot of people that doubt that they were real and it's, and they, people say that they were a hoax. And I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. These cases were real. They did happen to real families. Uh, these families were terrified uh -huh. and Ed and Lorraine helped them uh, at no cost to the clients, which we continue to this day. Um, I continue on the Warren Legacy, hence the name the Warren Legacy Foundation, which is something that Lorraine wanted and that she began with, with Chris, uh, her grandson, um, some years before she died. And then I did, uh, and I still am trying to do everything I can to do my part in, in uh, moving this foundation along and trying to help and not only help people with their paranormal issues if they have them, but also to educate. And by that, I mean, uh, educate uh, the clients, educate our fellow members, um, educate the general public, um, or even would-be investigators. I mean, it seems these days there's no shortage of paranormal investigators out there, but um, people yeah. need to understand how to do a proper investigation. And by proper, I mean, you need to protect yourself. Especially you need to know what you're ways. doing. That's why I was just saying. Ask. Just I don't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's okay. But especially the darker ones, where, um, like I say, I don't mind helping because I don't want to, I don't know what, how to deal with them. So, yeah, that's why I don't well, mind helping you guys. Demonic activity is rare. It's, hmm. not, it's not as prominent as Hollywood or television would right. want you to believe. <laughs> The reason why you see so much of this on television and even on YouTube mm -hmm. is because the scare factor is what gets ratings and it's what makes money. And I have never been in this work for the money and I'm actually in <laughs> dead up to my eyeballs probably because of it. Because when we help people, there is never a charge. Yeah. We never charge people with, for, you know, and, and that can get expensive. Um, if I, like, I never charge either for my readings. No, I can easily no. charge, but I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you have a if business, it's help. one thing, you know, if you're helping people yeah. in other ways and you're providing a service, mm -hmm. but as far as helping frightened people with their homes or businesses or their families or their friends, you know, we are here as a resource. Now, we're certainly not the only ones out there that can help, but the foundation is made up of, um, dedicated professionals from all walks of life and and all levels of expertise uh there's i certainly as i say i don't know everything i don't care if you've been doing this for four years or 40 years like i have we can all learn from one another and i try to it's tell true. it's like mm -hmm. it's like um i wish i could do more because i know i have psych abilities and yes, you, some, do. you know investigative experiences but uh i try to help whenever i can i also can remote view so that's why I consider myself psychic medium mm -hmm. instead of just medium that to do other things. Well, I may well. just take you up on that because I have an address that I would like. Me, I might have you look into it. Um, sure. I'm going to give you, I'll, yeah, I'll send you an address. You know, I, I um, yeah, I've got a few things you could probably help me with if you have the time, Nicole. Um, we have a sure, lot of anytime. gifted psychics. Um, we have a lot of gifted people. And you don't necessarily need to have a lot of experience in investigation. However, if you have another other talents that you can um, uh, bring to the table, you know, uh, such as you know, social workers, doctors, lawyers, uh, financial people, we need other people that can help us with the. I don't want to say you know, for lack of a better term, the business aspect of this. Um, yeah. You know, it's but, you know, if everybody wants to be an investigator and go out and be involved. Look, I get that. I, I was like that once, too, when I was younger. But you have to be careful. And as I said, when you mentioned darker 
darker okay. forces is that demonic activity is rare and possession is rarer still. However, it does exist. And it just doesn't yeah. exist like Hollywood. Would I know want they it. do because um, the only thing about Bubber about this gift is good and evil spirits. <laughs> So I know. Oh yeah, I'm, more. There's more good than bad. I mean, yeah. you have to have, you know, good and bad. They call it the yin and the yang in in Korea. Yeah. Uh, good and bad, good and evil balance out the universe. In in my humble opinion. Uh, so you know, and and you know, when you talk about the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. you know, the, Satan and these demonic evil spirits, if you want to call them demonic or negative spirits. Uh, can only accomplish what God allows them to do. Um, so I was born and raised Roman Catholic, and I was trained in the Roman Catholic uh -huh. way. So some of your viewers may or may not agree with me because they may have different beliefs and yeah. religious backgrounds. And that's absolutely fine. I was raised I Baptist, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm more open to spirituality now. Right. I just ask people when yeah. I, when I, when I, present to them, I ask them to have an open mind. And I have um, a bunch of variations of a presentation that I show depending on the geographical area. Um, you know, if, they, if, if there was a case I worked on in the neighborhood, I'll, I'll certainly talk about it. People want to hear about that stuff. I've had people come up to me afterwards and say, uh, I'm fascinated by what you do and thank you for helping others. Yeah, However, <laughs> well, they do. They, they they said, thank you for what you do. And I'm fascinated by the work that you do, but I wouldn't want anything to do with it myself because it scares me, you know, and, right. and that's fine. Yeah, it should scare scary. you. It should, because when you're getting into the negative aspect of this is which really what people want to hear about, you know, and I said, you got to remember, there's right. a lot of good being done here too. Um, what I always say and, and, and to coin chris's uh, uh saying is we're not ghost hunters we're ghost helpers you know if there's a okay. spirit in limbo that's looking for our help or you know help passing over or help finding another lost loved one we do our damnedest to help that spirit pass over and be at peace or it might be a spirit that's uh tortured by the fact that mm -hmm. they weren't very nice in life or they have unfinished work and, and they have to be convinced that it's okay to move on. You know, you, your work here is done. You don't right. want to hang around here. This place sucks sometimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of good work, work that I call spirit rescue, uh, for lack of a better term. But, um, huh. you know, so there's a lot of good, too. Every once in a while, I'll get someone in the audience ask me, well, why do all the cases you talk about seem to be dark or or evil in some sort. And I said, well, that's what people want to hear because it's Halloween time and it's that scare factor. But then I probably have just as many good yeah. stories to talk about as well, you know, where we've helped people move on and we've helped. Uh, I, I have a story here, uh, a neighbor about a half a mile from my home over the summer. My daughter had seen uh -huh. a post on Facebook by this woman and she was very reluctant to make to make this post. There was a cry for help because she thought oh, she yeah. would be ridiculed and, you know, kind of shunned and made fun of. Well, her problem was she was having activity in her home that she couldn't explain. And it was scaring her child, who was about a year old and maybe a little older, but very, very small child. And uh, it was a husband and a wife and the one child. They were young, probably in their early 30s. And she made a post on Facebook that she was having some kind of some activity in her home, objects moving, noises, footsteps, lights flickering. Her son would be in his crib or his bed following something and then start screaming and crying like it was scaring him. So my daughter happened to notice this post. Uh, I have twin daughters that are 24 years old, but uh, my daughter happened to see the post and she she texted me. And then she's like, can I call you? I said, yeah, call me. So she called me and she, she told me about the post. And the woman was getting responses almost immediately from the Facebook community. Uh, and, they, and, and most of them meant well. I don't think anybody was ridiculing her, but they would say, well, you need to call a priest or you need to have an exorcism of your, in your house and blah, 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 all this stuff. 
And my, my daughter chimed in and said, no, you need to call my dad. So I said, give her my phone number. I'll give anyone my personal phone number or my email if they need my help. And she called me within maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And I talked to her on the phone. I said, okay, how long have you been in the home? And she said, about three years. I said, well, when did the activity start? And she said, probably about a year ago. So I said, okay, so we need to start there and move and walk our way backwards. What within the past year, what kind of event, uh, uh, good or bad, tragic event or something significant happened in your life or your family's life that would cause this activity to start? So now, mind you, keep in mind, I never even met this woman. I didn't go over there with the mystery machine with a, a van full of equipment. I, I, you don't need that. Obviously, you need to have some uh, photographic uh, and you know, video and, and audio equipment to capture any, you know, what we call evidence. I get that. But yeah, a lot of cases I work on, I work on remotely, especially yeah. through the COVID period, where you couldn't actually go to the home. So a lot of this counseling and consulting I do is either online or over the phone. So I gave her some suggestions and um, in, in investigating and asking questions, and this is what I like to teach people, what kind of questions to ask. You know, you, you, know, you hear the questions that are most asked on, on YouTube or on TV is, you know, if there's somebody here, make an, touch me in the shoulder or make a knocking sound. No, those aren't the questions you should be asking. You know, uh, but I asked her some questions and I found out that her grandmother, who she was very close to, I was gonna say, had passed away. I was going to add to that. Mm -hmm. Can I add to that? Yeah. The reason why you don't want to ask those questions because even though they may not do it now, they could do it at a later time to startle you. <laughs> well, they could, um, depending on, yeah. on what their um, intentions are. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Ed Warren used to tell me, he's like, spirits don't come on your time. They come on their time, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're tempting fate and you're playing with a Ouija board or something like that, and you are probing and prodding, uh, you may not get an answer immediately. Right. You know, Hollywood makes it happen. YouTube makes it happen immediately for the thrill of it. It rarely happens like that. It could happen years down the road when you're at your most vulnerable point because that's what these evil negative forces look for. They look for a chink in the armor where they can attack. So anyway, I'll, I'll try to finish the story. Thank so <laughs> we, I discerned that based on her responses, her grandmother had passed away um, within the year. She was very close to her grandmother, very close. And I said, do you have anything um, that you cherish, any kind of artifacts in your home that belong to your grandmother? And she said, my, yes, I do. In my spare bedroom, we have her, my grandparents' bedroom set. Uh, she said, we don't use it ourselves because it smells like mothballs. <laughs> I said, well, that's okay. <laughs> but then they had the birth of their child. And the child seemed to be seeing this woman, this uh, figure. And it was scaring him because he didn't know who she was or why she was there or what right. was going on. So, you know, Lorraine used to tell me that spirits, especially spirits of past loved ones, will often come in your dreams because they don't want to scare the bejesus out of yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, you know, imagine getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom yeah. and wiping the, the sleep out of your eyes and you see your long lost grandmother or mother standing in front of you. You're going to freak I, I out. I even have some... Sit next to my bed, so yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you're not, you're, you're gonna freak out. It's gonna scare you, you know. Even uh, though it's someone familiar, I got quite used to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's because you you have that gift and you're used to it. So uh -huh. basically, I gave her some good advice that she took, and I said, I want you to communicate with your grandmother. Just walk around the house talking to her like you you're talking to me, uh, and uh -huh. just tell her thank you for visiting. Uh, I, I got this. I appreciate you looking out for us, but it's okay for you to move on. You know, it's okay for you to come and visit once in a while, but, you know, please stop, you know, doing this and doing that. And I believe she was playing with the lights and stuff like that, possibly to get her attention. Um, 
I will I will add that the electrical system in the home was checked out by a professional electrician. So we you always want to rule out a natural explanation before you even look to the supernatural. And that's what a lot of people don't it's true, do. Yeah. That's what people don't do properly anyway. You like when people go into a, a business or a home or even an old abandoned building that's alleged to be haunted, you know, and they go in with these uh, REM pods and EMF meters and things like that. You got to understand the way that you should do it is make sure that all the power is off. Make sure your phones are off. Make sure your radios or walkie talkies, you know, because you can get a false positive. And most of the stuff that you see right. probably is, you know, now, even if you had everything off and there's no power and you, and these things go off, you got to understand that the earth is just one big magnetic field. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're the mag, matter of fact, the magnetic field around the earth is what protects us from the sun's radiation. So, there's, there's no guarantee that just because your REM pod goes off and you can't explain why, that there's a ghost standing next to it. You know, it's a right. it's a theory that, you know, ghosts give off energy and they do absorb your energy and any energy from the room. And that's why you go into room and you have cold spots or you might have one room that's freezing cold. I mean, there is some truth to that. But you want to look at all. Oh, yeah. I experienced that. <laughs> you want to look at all natural explanations first before you don't just take the nuclear option and say, I've got demons in my home. That word is, I don't even <laughs> like that word because it's thrown around too loosely. The word demon. I got a demon. Oh, oh, I had ABC paranormal here and they said I have a demon. They went running, screaming from the house because they were scared. You know, and then I'll get a call and it. And now I got to talk them back off the ledge and say, you don't have a demon here. Well, why would they tell me I have a demon here? I said, let me tell you something. There's not a demon here. If there was a demon in your home, you would know it. You would know it. Oh, it yeah. doesn't take much. They're much stronger. They're much stronger than regular and, and Those are the kind of cases that I kind of specialize in because I've had experience with that. Matter of fact, in the foundation, there's probably only two, maybe three people that have experience with any kind of what we'll call demonic activity myself of course chris and um i think bill um but i don't think anyone else at least that i know of has ever faced a case and i hope they don't because it's not something that you want in your life um i haven't had a case with them but i know i know with them (laughs) yeah i i haven't had a case in a while uh, one of my first cases involved one, and it was pretty bad. The family was terrified, oh, wow. and I got picked up and thrown across the room. I was about 23 years old at the time, because it was a number of years before Ed let me go out on my own. You know, I had to study for a couple mm-hmm. of years before. I mean, I was out with, with them, but this was out on my own with another investigator. I was picked up and thrown across the room into a wall, probably about 10 or 12 feet. I was 360 pounds, six foot three, you know, I could bench press 600 yeah. pounds. You know, I was a very big, strong young man when I was in my, now I, now I'm old, you know, and I'm full of arthritis, but <laughs> it scared the bejesus out of me. People's like, well, weren't you scared? I'm like, at the time, yes, I'm just a human being. I'm a mortal man. I don't have superpowers. I don't have a big Red that definitely it, I said, and I say to my audiences when I tell them the story, and sometimes it's tough to talk about it because it brings back some, some bad memories, but it's my duty, I feel, my obligation to share my knowledge with everyone or for those that want to listen to me um, because there's not many people left that can do this. Um, you know, there's, a, there's only right. a handful of people, uh, and I'm not trying to insult anyone or knock anyone, but... A lot of these groups out there, I, I just say they're they're not professional investigators. They're thrill seekers. They're urban explorers. And that's fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing it safely and you're not hurting yourself or anyone else. People can do what they want. But don't, yeah. you know, misrepresent yourself to a family or a person that's terrified and thinks that they have a paranormal affliction of some kind if you don't know what you're doing. You know, and again, I say, I don't know everything, but these are people that really know nothing. They have no experience. 
no experience with paranormal investigation and certainly no experience in helping others deal with it or cope with it or more importantly understand what's going on i have people say joe I don't understand what's happening to me or my family. What is going on here? And that's exactly what happened with my neighbor. She didn't know what was going on there. Sometimes it's not that cut and dry. But this case, so a few weeks go by, I'll finish my story. A few weeks go by and I contact her and she's like, Joe, whatever you, whatever you did or whatever you asked me to do must have worked because everything is fine. So assuming that it was her grandmother that was there coming in visitation she wasn't there all the time um you know her grandmother heard her she actually asked me she said my grandmother was uh polish and spoke broken english she goes should i should i talk to her in polish or in english i said it doesn't matter my dear she'll be able to understand you so that's a good story so i like to tell that story yeah, to sometimes to balance out the bad stories you know Right. I want to take your time out a little bit too. Um, uh, we have two sponsors. I want to give thanks to the two sponsors that we have. Um, Jenny Hill from uh, Studio 6 Paranormal Entertainment and Brian J. Leverty from Parapost. So thank you guys. <laughs> yes, thank you for supporting the channel. Nicole does a great job. Um, do we have okay. any, I'm not looking at the comments. Do we have any questions that people want to ask of me? I know I don't shut up. Once I get going, I got 40 years of stories up here. Oh, no, I love listening to you. I have 40 <laughs> years of stories up in my head here, you know. So, yeah, so if yeah. you want me, I could elaborate a little bit on this train station where I, I lectured. The, sure, yeah. Uh, last week, um, or the week before last, I was invited, and I go there on an annual basis. They have me come out. The North Conway Scenic Railroad, yeah. which is in North Conway, New Hampshire, um, they asked me to come out and I did a little mini investigation with uh, my wife was with me and uh, one of the employees, one of the managers of the uh, railroad station. Uh, and we we spent quite a few hours overnight um, investigating, uh, learning of the history of the building and touring the building. The building uh -huh. itself, the railroad station itself, isn't very big, but some of the haunting uh, phenomena, as as I learned from some of the employees' stories and even some some passengers, would expand expand to the train cars. Now they have a train car, the Pullman, oh, wow. from uh, I want to say 1906, that belonged to Robert Todd Lincoln. And for those of you that may not know who that is, that's Abraham Lincoln, the president's. Uh, uh, oldest son, oh, his oldest son, Robert Todd Lincoln, owned this car, and the car is still in operation. We we rode in it. We did a two and a half hour scenic oh, wow. tour of the White Mountain region. Uh, you know the day the day of the lecture because I did the lecture at night. So we went out, and people have have alleged to have caught some photos that are interesting. I've seen a couple of them. Um, there was uh, a chain that moved by itself. And I, by moved by itself, I don't mean it was just swinging. There were three employees of the railroad that witnessed the chain huh. unhook, move, and then hook onto the other side. So it was almost like an invisible wow. hand or invisible person did it. Now, I didn't witness this, but the three employees witnessed this, and they were just you know, they were just dumbfounded. They, they didn't understand. Did they witness it like at the same time? Yeah, sorry, they were the standing there, right? The chain was right beside them because it was one of the chains where they they chain off the entrance to the car. So, you know, and oh, wow. uh, they're standing there talking and the chain, they said, unhooked, lifted up, moved over and hooked on to the other side. So, huh. I mean, there, there there was other cases of... of um, the, the men's bathroom now again there may be a scientific explanation for this but just what they allege has been going on in the men's bathroom bathroom the toilets would flush on their own and the stall doors would slam mm -hmm. open and slam closed there wasn't any wind in there or anything like that this is why there's nobody in there and when the place is that would be poltergeist yeah, activity, like poltergeist right? mischievous activity mischievous. now this would happen after hours yeah. when there was no customers in the building um and they would oh. be in the ticket booth which is a separate area 
and across the aisle would be the bathrooms and they would hear the battery operated towel dispensers go off on their own and there'd be nobody in there and they'd walk in there and they'd see a whole roll of towels on the floor because it just keep dispensing towels so i gave him some suggestions i said well why don't you try taking the batteries out and you know after hours and i know mm-hmm. it's it take a, gonna take a little work because you got to make sure you put them back in the next day <laughs> But take the batteries out and see if anything right. happens. Let's do some scientific explanation, uh, you know, uh, experiments here, before we immediately say there's a ghost in there playing with the towel dispenser. You know, why are the doors <laughs> opening and slamming? Um, I don't know. You know, um, why are the toilets flushing on their own? Interesting, interesting stuff. Now it gets a little better. Could be plumbing yeah. problems or whatever. Yeah. It gets a little better. Um, I actually witnessed with my own two eyes the apparition of a face or a head. As I was looking up the staircase, there was something looking down at me. I hate and this. I don't know if you can see me in the camera here, but it was looking down at me. And I looked, I looked mm-hmm. up at it and it pulled back. And almost like, oh my God, he sees me. And oh, it wow. pulled back. So oh, it's I- the same, <laughs> yeah, it's the same staircase that the employee manager I was with witnessed a full body apparition ascend the staircase he actually thought it was a passenger a customer and there's a sign that says you know only employees beyond this point so he left the ticket booth to go up to tell this person hey there's only offices up there you can't go up there and there was nobody there and this was after hours again so the office people had gone home for the day he walked up checked the office door and it was locked and then the doorway across the hall from that is the attic area so he walked through the attic area, came out the other side, and there was an employee there. He said, did you see or hear anyone come out this door? And she's like, no. Yeah, so I don't know if I like the attic or the basement. I don't like uh, Everything always ha- happens in the attic or the basement. But, you know, so there, there, so there's some stories by from credible people of sightings of uh, full-bodied apparitions. There's also um, EVP, uh, uh, voices that are disembodied or people have been heard their names called. Uh, there's some uh, spirits of past employees, longtime employees that have been seen uh, in the train cars and in the station. So no one was really scared by this, but they were intrigued and they wanted to see if we could capture something, um, some physical evidence. Now I've got, quite a few hours of evidence to go through. Uh, Like I said, I just came back last week, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, So I haven't had a chance to go through. My office still stand if you ever need help, just let me know. Yeah, I may, I may, you know what, we may get in contact offline. If you've got the time to call, maybe I'd have you, I'm going to have you remote into the, um, the train station and let's see what you get. You know, yeah, but, I'm um, look forward to it. I'm looking here. Don't mind me. I'm looking at my presentation here because I bullet pointed <laughs> a lot of this. Uh, ghostly apparitions, uh, the face I said I saw me uh, that I saw. I'm uh, just making sure I got everything. Doors closing by themselves. Paper towel dispensers. Toilets flushing. Um, the chain. Uh, oh, there was an employee that was. Uh, working on the train car that i was talking about this train car it's called the gertrude emma gertrude emma and you can see pictures of it online just you know google gertrude emma and this is the train car where an employee was working in it and was shoved in the back to the point where they i think they fell down they fell over now if somebody shoves you in the back you feel it you feel the hand on your back and there was no one there so this gentleman will not, he absolutely refuses to go into that train car. That it, I don't blame him. <laughs> it scared him so much that, you know, but he swears on a stack of Bibles that he was shoved by some unseen force to the point wow. where this a grown gentleman, probably in his 60s, who is terrified to go back into this train car or at least alone. Uh, I'm trying Wait, to remember. Me, to me. Well, hey, why are you in my space? <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes they want to play games. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't hear, I haven't heard of any stories where anyone's been hurt. Hmm. You know, there That's hasn't been any, anything malicious, maybe just some fun stuff, but they did have a couple of empl- past employees pass away within the last year since I was oh, there last year. 
and um, have been reported to have been seen in the train station. So when I work with you, Nicole, I'll be interested and in see if you pick up on these. Um, sure, anytime. I mean, I did not pick up on anything malicious or evil in any way. And believe me, I will know. If I walk into a place oh, yeah. and there's something <laughs> evil there or sinister, I'll feel it. Um, you know, I am very gifted in that respect. Um, not as gifted as, as maybe. Sorry, I had to cough up a lung. <laughs> yeah. I had to cough up a lung. That's why I muted myself. Sorry. Well, I mean, so, but I'll know if there's something bad. So when the people oh, yeah. call me up know. and they say, Joe, I've got a demon in my house. I'm like, well, hold on there for a second. I said, don't, don't jump to that conclusion. And one of the questions I ask clients or prospective clients is, how many of these TV shows do you watch? How many of these YouTube videos do you watch? Mm -hmm. I said, you got to understand that these television shows, these movies, and a lot of this YouTube stuff is there for entertainment purposes, to garner views, to get subscribers. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not poo-pooing that. But, Can I try to leave some of this question, if you don't yeah, mind? Um, what size do you look for if there is a possible demon activity? Well, if you have something that's negative, I, I try to start sh shy away from saying the word demonic because demonic mm -hmm. activity is very rare. Or demonic, uh, yeah. However, or you, if if you've got if you've got a lot of negative um, malicious activity going on, like the time I was I was thrown. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't just pushed. Now, through the years, I've been bitten, scratched punched, picked up and thrown across the room, burned. I'm in you know. and punched. Yeah, well, those usually aren't nice spirits. Now, whether they're human or inhuman no. <laughs> remains to be seen. Inhuman spirits are spirits that have never walked the earth in human form. Uh, w w you know, one thing I will say, and I've learned from my uh, my years of experience and in speaking with a lot of friends and colleagues, exorcists that are priests, that are actually Catholic exorcists, uh, they will say there needs to be a point of origin. There has to be a, a time where these beings were let in or allowed in, whether by, by, through your own free will, by your free will, whether you did it consciously or, or unconsciously, you allowed these things in your life. Now, usually right. the most common way to get, you know, to, to let something in is to use some form of divination. And one of the most common like practices the is, is the Ouija board. Correct. And divination basically is described as the I to stay away from that. Yeah. Well, I would, I, I have a whole lecture on Ouija boards and, uh, you know, maybe someday, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I do. Um, but when you're, when you're practicing with Ouija boards or even tarot cards and crystal balls and, you know, divining rods and, uh, you know, any, any form of divination, you know, fortune telling, it's dangerous. Whenever you're trying to seek knowledge of the future using supernatural means, well, Ouija boards are big because they're probably the most prevalent. The Ouija board, yes, it is a game. It is a board game by Parker Brothers, okay, which is a Hasbro company. Yeah, it's a board game. Right. However, it's the context or the intent that gets put into using that board. So free will and intention are really key for that. You use poker cards or whatever, you, cards. You don't even need an <laughs> instrument. You don't need a physical for, instrument. You can have a seance, which is also very bad. Because now you're yeah. now you're kind of doing necromancy. Yeah, you know, summoning summoning, you know, you're trying to summon spirits of, of the dead. And normally when you're doing this, it's not gonna be grandma that passed away a couple of years ago. It's gonna be something more sinister. Yes, it's uh they can also mimic that will mimic it and 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 will gain, you know, do things to gain your trust because what these right. evil things and negative and they, they lie. They're masters of the That's why they always start as a little child 
and then later on it might because they want to gain sympathy they want to gain they want to gain your sympathy so that what what will you do you'll continue to talk with them okay when i was involved in in some exorcisms in my life i remember we would meet with the exorcist beforehand and Mm -hmm. he would uh, bishop mckenna would say to us don't look at it don't look at it in the eye and don't address it don't say anything to it if it says something to you me Notice how I'm saying it, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it's not the person that's addressing you. It's whatever is control of this person at the right. time. So he says, I don't care. You know, I don't care what happens. Just try and restrain the person from hurting themselves or anyone else like the exorcist so it doesn't lash out. Um, and a lot of times, you know, if you look in the eyes of someone that is is actually possessed you can see almost like dual pupils it's almost like there's two people black eyes to you know look in their mm-hmm. eyes so the old saying that says the eyes are the window to the soul i believe that's very true you know and it is it is i know when i was handling sorry when i was handling people are noticing my eyes too. yes that's why i don't like to shadow as much but they yep. do I've I've witnessed like, it firsthand. I don't like to do it though. <laughs> you know your physical features, your eyes can change color. Your physical facial features can mm-hmm. change if you're channeling, and it's 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 dangerous unless you really know what you're doing. Um, but you know, back to divination stuff like Ouija boards. I'm I'm dead against yeah. them. The Catholic Church uh, preaches against that, denounces any kind of instrument where you can use to conjure. Um, uh, you know. Any spirits, really. I mean, you you know, it's different from praying. People say, well, isn't praying a form of divination? Well, no. Praying is different. Praying is when you're, you're spe- you mm-hmm. can speak to your lost loved ones or your past loved ones. You can pray to right. pray to God. You can, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I pray to win the lotto tomorrow. Well, it doesn't work that way. You know, or, or I, you know, I have, a, I have a, uh, another psychic friend who's very gifted. And I say, well, give me the six lotto numbers. And she'll laugh. She's like, it doesn't work that way. You can't use your gifts for personal gain. Yeah, if you did, we'd all be millionaires. Well, yeah. I mean, it just do- it doesn't work that way. You're, you're not seeking this. These things come to you. Now, correct right. me if I'm wrong. But, you know, spirits will come to you with a message for someone. Um, oh, yeah. You know, but you're not seeking, you know, knowledge of, you know, hey, who's going to win the, the horse race tomorrow afternoon or whatever? Who's going to win the, the football game? You know, I've had college students uh, playing with Ouija boards saying, am I going to pass my final exams? Am I going to well, get actually, a job? Well, actually, sometimes you know? I would get a, I would guess it and I see they win. And like, oh, I like, here, what's this or what? <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes I'd be lucky. Yes. I mean, you're playing with fire there, and you know. That's true. You know, I say to people, if you use the Ouija board in your life, you know, don't be. I I don't want to scare you into thinking that something's going to happen to you, because it's not. It it may not happen immediately. You know, if you played with a Ouija board and were into black magic and and witchcraft and stuff when you were a teenager. And then, you know, 20 years later, you get in a bad car accident and break your leg or something, or God forbid worse. No one's going to think, well, geez, this could be related to I what happened. I got run over. Yeah, yeah. I got run over by a car and been in a car accident. I don't know why I'm still alive. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are. You know, I've been in, I've been in two bad cars. I have quite a few traumas. You know, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I've got some health issues that I'm fighting. Um but could they be related to the work I've been doing all these years? Yeah, because I have an open mind and I believe that it could be, mm-hmm. but I could never prove it, you know. Um, right. You know, you know, Ed Warren had his saying, first heart We already attack. have, oh, well, we already have like 10 minutes. Do you want to know a little bit more or do, or do you have time or, or do you want to share with Marty Warren and to you? Well, I mean, uh, I always do my best work when I shoot from the hip. So I just thought you and your audience may be uh, in- interested in some of the stories I had. So, you yeah. know, get, getting getting always. back to getting back to the train station. I, I digress a lot, folks. So I apologize. I've got so much stuff always. in my head. It's the way my brain misfires sometimes, and I get off on a tangent. But so we no, had a very is. successful and interesting um, mini investigation, I would call it. Uh, I mean, it wasn't done um, 
it was just like I said, it was is the gentleman from the train station, my wife and I, and um, you know, we went around and you know, we I, I had a body camera on, and I've got still got to review the evidence. Uh, I've got a lot of evidence to go over. So the next evening, um, oh, wow. you know, what I did was I went back. Well, that evening, um, the next morning, I was in the hotel room adding slides to my presentation regarding the train station and the train cars. And I added some photographs and some uh, some bullet points of my from my interviews with the employees and, um, you know, what they saw. I love to read photos, too. Yeah. I mean, so... Basically, I tailored my presentation a little bit to my audience because my audience were mostly local people, uh, local to the mm -hmm. area. They, there might have been some tourists, tourists there as well. Um, but they were fascinated not only by my work and the stories and the paranormal, but they were fascinated by the that the, the, they were in a on a haunted train car or uh, in a haunted yeah. train station. Um and you know, so it was. It went very well. I mean, I I spoke to these folks for about two hours, and I I hadn't had time. I always have bonus footage if people want to stay behind, and if I have time. Not one person left when I was done. I thanked everyone for coming, and everyone's very gracious. And I said, if you've got a few minutes, anybody wants to stay, I will talk to you about the Amityville horror. Not one person left. <laughs> so I, I, I looked over to the, I looked over to Greg, the manager. I said, "Do I have time for this?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know." So uh, I don't think anybody left. Uh, and then people wanted to come up and ask questions. And I mean, I love it. I enjoy speaking about my work. I love educating people about the work. But I have to warn you, it is very uh, dangerous. It's very rewarding at times. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no monetary rewards to this. Yes, I do get a fee for lecturing, you know, but I, you know, like I said, we don't charge oh, to help people. You know, uh, I, you know, I get a modest fee and that's usually a percentage of the ticket sales. Um, you know, and it, it, it was a four and a half hour drive to go, to go there. So they covered oh, wow. my, they covered my expenses, of course, which was very kind of them. Yeah, that's but, it. You know, when you, when you, if you, anyone out there that, is interested in this work and would like to get involved in it, that's fine. However, find someone that's got some experience to mentor you. Uh, I was very fortunate to have Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know, who to me were grandparents. They, they, to me, they weren't the world famous Warrens. They were just Graham and Gramps, you know, they were just, you know, two normal people. People ask me all the time, what were they like? I said they were people like you and I. Um, uh -huh. You know, I, I tell people I'm just an ordinary guy with an extraordinary hobby. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, there's nothing supernatural <laughs> about me. I'm not special in any way. I just try to help people the best I can and use the knowledge that was poured into me. So, I would say I'm a gifted writer. <laughs> you are. How many? How many books you have now? Sixteen. I'm up to. I would say about sixteen. Wow. I'm still working on mine. Heather's been a big help. Uh, I have the outline done. I've just got so much to tell. I might have to do a couple of them, but I, I want to share like all my experiences. Well, the one the one difference, you know, again, I'm not knocking anyone else. I never name names, but the difference between me and a lot of other folks out there is the stories that I tell are personal experiences that are 100% true. Oh, wow. um, I'm not saying that, you know, people tell stories that aren't true, but, you know, let's face it, you know, um, some of these stories. That I only wrote with, one, maybe two fictional books, so that the rest is all real. <laughs> yeah, well, to hear the true stories of things that I've been through and experienced, some of them I, are, are painful to talk about because they... They were very oh, difficult yeah. experiences. I suffered. My family suffered because of it. Uh, I've had problems huh. in my own house. Um, usually before a big case, I'll feel a presence in my home that is unwelcome because they, they know who I am and they know what I'm going to do. Uh, and they don't like me. 
Yeah. You know, Ed used to have a saying, he's like, the devil certainly knows who we are and it hates us. You know, it, it yeah. wants to destroy <laughs> us, you know, but, um, you know, my faith is what keeps me going. And I tell people that your faith <laughs> is the most powerful weapon. Just because you have a crucifix around your neck doesn't mean anything. It's just a piece of metal <laughs> unless you believe in what crystals. that symbolizes. Crystals, you know, you need to put your faith to work for you. That is your protection right there. Whatever your faith is, yeah. whatever you believe in, whatever religion you, you come from, uh, or if you have no religion, you know, um, we we try to help anybody. So. That's, yeah, that's the main thing. It's the mission of the foundation and is my personal mission. Yeah. And whether or not the foundation existed, I would still be doing the work. And I'll do it as long as uh, the good Lord lets me, as long as I'm able. So Same here. <laughs> if anybody does need help, please reach out to uh, the foundation, warrenlegacyfoundation.com. It's also on, uh, Warren Legacy Foundation is also on Facebook. Uh, if you need help, you can reach out. Um, you can reach out to me directly. Um, my information is on the the website. If you go into the About Us section, you'll see all the team uh, leaders uh, listed there and the different regional directors all over the world. We've got people all over the globe. This is a global network. This is not just a local, you know, gang. California, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you're you're in the Western region, right, Nicole? I believe so. Yep. Southern California. So Nicole's a member and a very, very valuable member to us. And, you know, we need we need people from all backgrounds, <laughs> folks. So even if you think, I, I, you know, I won't get in, don't, not necessarily, not necessarily. Just, you know, apply. If, if, if you're interested in joining the foundation, we'd, we'd love to have you. We'd, we'd love you to at least apply, um, mm -hmm. you know. But remember, I, I am the chairman. Yes. Well, don't be. You know, I'm the chairman of the board for this. <laughs> Basically, I'm just a figurehead, you know, but my job, one of my jobs, as I see it, is to protect all of you, all of the members, all of our people. And basically, okay. if my job is, as the chief investigative officer, is if, if any of our regional directors need help with a case, they can call Chris, they can call me, you know, and I'll give them advice. And if need be, in some rare circumstances, I'll get on an airplane and I'll, I'll help, come help you. You know, but we have a lot of gifted, talented people that know what they're doing. Um, but if they need my help, you know, like I said, I'm one of the elders now. Um, right. And, uh, you know, but, you know, titles don't mean anything to me. It's just to differentiate, to differentiate me from everybody yeah. else. Like this. <laughs> but, uh I am not above anyone. Uh, I'm here to help. You guys are all my colleagues. And if anybody needs the foundation's help or my help personally, please feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, now we have like a couple of minutes left. Do you have anything else you'd like to share with us? Mario? Well, yeah, you know, just um, I'm hoping to get around the country this year or next year, I should say. Uh, and do some more lecturing. Um, I want to get into doing some colleges and universities. Um, if anyone wanted, if anybody knows of any paranormal conferences where they would like uh, us to come out, meaning anyone from the foundation to come out and speak, talk about our mission, um, the people that we've helped. You know, like I said, if you need help or, or, or if you've got if you're hosting an event where you'd like us to come out, please reach out and, you know, we'd love to help you if we could. I would like you know, to do but, that. eventually like to do lectures too. Uh, yeah, well, the most important <laughs> message is if there's any and anyone in the audience that feels like they am being afflicted by something mm -hmm. and they're scared and they're looking for guidance or help, we, we're here for you. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're definitely here for you. And we take everything very seriously, uh, very discreetly, um, you know, but um, please don't don't be afraid to reach out and uh, and ask for help. That's probably the most important right. message that I can I can share with everyone is we're here for. Yeah, at least nowadays, at least we have the Internet and more ways that we can help people. Yeah, and if anybody yeah, wants then, my, I'm um, sorry, Nicole. If, uh, I know we don't have a minute. Oh, no worries. My, 
<laughs> my email address with the foundation is jfrankie at warrenlegacy.com. So it's jfrankie, and Frankie is spelled Frank with an E at the end. There's no I. You know, if you want to send me an email, that's fine. And, you know, whatever region you're in, and I can introduce you to the regional director for your area. Um, I am, you know, I, I'm in, I'm in Connecticut, so I'm in the Northeast region of the country, but Stephanie Treadway is our fearless leader here because, uh, uh, you know, I, I unfortunately don't have the uh, the, the capacity to do the day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, so Stephanie is right. very capable. Yeah. Hey, Stephanie. Yep. I hope she, I don't know if she's online, but I want to give her a shout out because she does a tremendous job. Her and Nate. Um, yeah, I always give a shout out. I appreciate what y'all do. So Everyone is great. We have, yeah, we have no. a great leadership team yeah. and a very knowledgeable um, you know, no one knows everything, but collectively we all put our heads together and, and try to help anyone. So let me know if we can yeah, help. Like if I can't help someone, I'll re-threaten to you or someone else. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then, Nicole, well, let me get with you offline. Uh, you know, not tonight, but sure. within the next couple of days, let's chat. Because I've got some cases that I'm revisiting that you could be a big help to me. Do you have time for one more quick question? Yeah, sure. What's on your bucket list? What's on my bucket list? As far as investigations or travel or yeah, both. Well, I mean, I, I do have kind of a bucket list for places I'd like to visit. I'd like to get out to the West Coast. I'd like to see the um, the the Whaley House. Uh, that's always very interested to in me. I seen it, but I never I never got to go in it. I just saw it though. So, you know, I've got. I want to go to Alcatraz. I want to go to uh, the the, I've been the there. Winchester House, just because I'm intrigued by them. Um, I want to visit Robert the Doll and give him a hug down in Key West. Uh, I, I'd like to visit some of the castles over in uh, the UK and Ireland and Scotland. Oh yeah, um, nice. I've, so I've got a lot of places I'd like to visit. Um, but moreover, I would like to keep spreading the word and educating um, the best I can. So um, what I really want to do in this next coming year is do some more events um, and not necessarily all para conferences, but I'd like to do uh, private. If you're ever out here, I'll definitely try to see you. I mean, colleges, universities, anywhere where I can get an audience. As you guys know by now, I never shut up. I love to talk about <laughs> I love to share my experience. Hey, we can go for two hours if you want. <laughs> well, you know, but, um, you can, yeah. if you if if you if you'll have me, I'll come back and share some more stories with you at some point. Sure, anytime. You're always welcome back. And um, thank, thank you, you thank for you being much. our guest today. And um, I hope you guys have a happy, safe holidays to you and your family. Yes, happy Christmas. I like to say, be safe. Yes, yeah, I'm and speaking of which, uh, we are going to have one more guest with us on December 5th, I believe, Chris McKinnell. And uh, I always glad to hear his stories. You you won't be and, disappointed uh, with Chris, so please tune in for that show next week. <laughs> Definitely, December 5th. And then we're going to take a little short break for the Christmas holiday, and we'll be back hopefully in January sometime. Yeah, I'll see you all again in the new year. And if y'all want to be a part of our show, just message me. We're always here. On Instagram, TikTok. I'm not. I'm not there that much, but I like to go there sometimes. Yep. <laughs> and YouTube and hi guys on YouTube. Um. So, thank you guys for okay. watching and listening. Yeah, Nicole. I'll just add if anybody can email me. So if you have any questions yeah. that we didn't get to, I do apologize. I can't see them yeah. here on my screen. Um. But. You know, I, I don't want to. Snub. And I'll put it down below. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't want to snub anybody. Uh, I I I'll answer right up to the last question. Lorraine used to do that. Ed would be, "Come on, Lorraine, we got to get out of here," you know, because she would be she'd stay like an extra hour just trying to answer everyone's questions. So if I missed anyone, oh, I do you. apologize, but please feel free to reach out to me, and I I promise you, I will answer you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Eventually, what you guys doing? Keep up with your work. And stay safe yes. out there. Thank and you. God bless you happy all. Holidays. Yep. Take care, and, everyone. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, audience, for listening. 
Let us know where you're listening from. So uh, I was curious about that. <laughs> I think they, they can hear us from all over. So. All right. Have a good night. Thank you, Joe. All right, Nicole. I'll be in touch in the next couple of days. If you don't hear from me, give me a shout. All right. No problem. And we'll work together on some stuff. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Right. Have a good night. See if I can play the right video here. Thank you.